This episode is brought to you by Fall Vibe Shop. All of us are always waiting for fall time to be our most fashionable selves. Well, their designers and team decided to end this hysteria and bring you a store to be in fall fashion all year round. Looking for shirts, hoodies, and blankets? They've got it. They also have fall decorations, candles, and more. Use code College Sports for 30% off. That's College Sports for 30% off. Find them at fallvibeshop.com. Testing, 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 testing. Do you read? It's time for the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, Fall Vibe Shop. All of us are always waiting for fall time to be our most fashionable selves. Their designers and team decided to end this hysteria and bring you a store to be in fall fashion all year round. Looking for shirts, hoodies, and blankets? They've got it. They also have fall decorations, candles, and more. Use code College Sports for 30% off your entire order. That's College Sports for 30% off at Fall Five Fall Vibe Shop. Dot com. Eric Miller alongside Noah Pegler. Uh, it is a crazy Thursday. Normally we do this on a Wednesday, but no- Noah had some stuff happening. I'm going to blame Noah, but actually, uh, <laughs> it just kind of sounds fun to blame Noah, but I never like to take the blame anyway, so I'm always used to blaming others. It was him. He did it. Eric, I saw you do this. Oh, uh, yeah. Never mind. So, uh, Noah Pegler, how are you today, sir? I'm doing all right, Eric. I uh, been working recently and uh, just got off got off of work. I mean, so I mean, it's been a long. It's, it, it was a hard working day. But how about you, Eric? I'm pretty good. Okay, I do have to start with this one thing though. So it, we're in November now. Halloween is over with. Do you celebrate Christmas in November? Do you start playing Christmas music in the month of November? Be honest now. That's I always start after Thanksgiving. I oh, really did. I, I don't start after Halloween. I mean, come on. Thanksgiving is an important holiday in this country. It is celebrated with parades, football, which again this year the Giants are going to be playing the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm losing. Well, <laughs> gotta hope that you know the Giants continue to continue the tradition of spoiling a Cowboy Thanksgiving, but. That, <laughs> And then, you know, I mean, so, some people spend their Black Friday, you know, shopping or, you know, during the mad rush of whenever I Being. I usually uh, spend time with my family, you know, uh, decorating the house for Christmas. So that's what I do. But I mean, you could say if November, I mean, technically, yes, because it's right after Thanksgiving. But I always wait till after Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Literally, so I was at a Halloween parade I, I attended for work, and as I was driving away, I started putting my Christmas playlist on. I'm already ready in Christmas mode. Uh, does not mean we haven't started decorating. We are soon. And we actually ended up changing this the year of COVID because COVID was such a terrible year. And I, I we had this discussion, my wife and I, and I'm like, you know what? If there's ever going to be a year that we're going to start celebrating Christmas early, it's going to be this year. So we ended up deck we and we don't fully deck out our house yet like and we have a very small space anyways um but we found a spot for our christmas tree we'll put our christmas tree up with the lights and very little ornaments on but we don't decorate till after like thanksgiving but we're like you know what we have a kid now let's start decorating now because i 
damn guarantee by December we're not going to want to do any of this crap. So let's do it little by little. That's when we'll do it and we'll get it done. And then we can enjoy it. So. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I'd imagine for you it would fly by pretty quickly knowing that you are got your busy schedule now, especially if you're a kid. Exactly. So we, I actually have already started listening to Christmas music. Now my work, we're not going to be starting any Christmas music until after Thanksgiving, which I just found out the other day, and I was kind of upset about that. But I'm not in charge of that, so I'm okay with that. Okay, so um, your so your station at least has those rules about not blanking. Yeah, I think it's stupid, but well, that's me. I'm allowed to say that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, man, we got a good show for you guys today, or a good episode for you guys today. It is, uh, again, like I said, it's uh, episode eight. We're in week nine of the NFL already. Um, we are at the midway point of the season, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, that we made our predictions early on of who we thought was going to win the divisions. How good are our predictions? We're going to find that out in a short moment. Uh but the World Series is still going on right now, and it's as in about like 20 minutes or so, it's actually going to start. So it is tied, and it's pretty crazy because game one, the Phillies stole game one. They were down 5 nothing, and then they come back. They lose game two, so it's the series is tied. They absolutely destroy the Astros in game three because Tim McGraws uh, was there and he was wearing his father's jersey who played for the Philadelphia Phillies back in the day. And then they get no hit. Something that the Phillies and Yankees have in common this year, even though, yes, one of them, one of the no hitters was in the World Series. But they both got no hit by the Astros with about four different pitchers and the same starting pitcher, which is an absolute crazy stat, by the way. And now we go best of five. And my favorite part about – or best of three, by the way. My favorite part about this is that the Astros win tonight. And they win Friday – or no, they win Saturday. Look at that. You can't see it on the board. But look at that. Houston in six. Yeah. I will be right. And I already know it was wrong, and that makes me happy. You go out on a limb and you try to make these predictions, and you, obviously it's like, you know, Philadelphia was winning game three, and I saw it, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen, so. <laughs> and then you watch last night, and they can't get a hit. They can yeah. walk, and that's fine. And that's all they were able to do last night, but walking isn't going to get you guys on, getting base hits, getting runs in. They And I don't know, there was a huge ordeal with – was McCullers tipping pitches or not? I, for some reason, I stumbled upon this video the other day, uh, after, right after the Game Three debacle with McCullers. He wasn't good with it against the Yankees already, and he's been struggling this postseason quite already. But he, for some reason, there was a guy uh, who was Eduardo Perez was talking about Randy Johnson and how he tipped his pitches to Eduardo Perez back in the day, and. Eddie to Randy was like, listen, show me how you throw your, your slider. Show me how you throw your fastball. And it's all about the glove. And I don't know if there's any big difference with McCullers delivery. It, to me, it all looks the same because it looks like the same delivery he's had since 2017 when he came into the league or even before then. I don't I don't know if he was tipping or the other thing is now the Astros finally beat the. The, um, the Phillies at home for the first time this postseason, which, by the way, the Phillies beat the Astros first time in this postseason as well. So they're even up on that part. 
But home field advantage is starting to really take a place in this series. Now, yeah, for uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, they did well answering in game one. I mean, that's what you had to do as the underdog. And they've been fighting in this series. And Fight Bills. Right now, it's been uh, a bit inconsistent, that you could say, as uh, right now, I mean, they had to have that major comeback in order to uh, at least uh, get into the game. And, I mean, they were already down 5 nothing after just the first three innings. And then it took uh, that real Muto uh, oppo hit uh, to the outfield. Again, a short outfield. You, you notice how Houston's right field. Again, it feels uh, very short where, you know, that doesn't have to get a very high jump. Honestly, I think it's even shorter than the Yankees wall, but yet taller than, uh, than, than taller than the Red Sox wall out in right field. <laughs> and then in uh, game two, uh, you see the uh, Astros were able to at least uh, hold on this time. Their bullpen didn't make any mistakes down the stretch. And then on uh, their first game, I mean, which was Tuesday, and I will say, it feels like this has been the one postseason where the, there have been the most rainouts in a while. Oh, yeah. Because the Yankees got rained out a few times, and then the Phillies just got rained out for this World Series, and that gave them that extra day of rest. And then, I mean, it was just efficient hitting, the home runs, I mean, by Harper, Schwarber. Schwarber, oh, my goodness, can crush the ball. And it is ridiculous how this guy is able to get these massive hits. I miss him on the Cubs, and now he's just doing a great job for the Phillies. And then, I mean, other guys were hitting the ball well. I mean, Bohm got that big hit. Everyone's talking about, you know, what did Harper whisper to him, you know, right before that. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to tell anyone. And then uh, eventually we'll find out. But, I mean, you'll have – you had this game for the Phillies. And, you know, people are feeling, you know, it's like, okay, yep, Philadelphia, we're going to do this. We're going to get this world championship. You know, we're going to celebrate like the Eagles did by, you know, tearing down the city because that's just – we are we're philadelphia but uh, just burn it down please <laughs> but here you had a no hitter i mean i will say christian javier he is looking like a great pitcher for these houston astros i mean they he was able to get his job done and i mean i'm sure if uh his pitch count wasn't terribly high i'm sure they would have had him go the distance but that's at least good for the astros where if this does go, I believe, to a extra game seven, he could be available. So mm-hmm. he, with the extra day of rest, because you have today, then you have the off day, and then, you know, game six is another thing. But if it comes down to game seven, I would certainly think that Christian Javier would be the main guy starting. Because, I mean, although Verlander has all this experience as a starting pitcher, I mean, he has his mistakes. Plus, I believe he's uh, starting tonight, correct, against uh, yep. Syndergaard? So, and he would be on a three-day rest, which, although some pitchers have done really well in three days rest, CeCe's Bathy of years ago did it really well. Um, I, I can't remember. There, There's a good list of pitchers on three days rest. Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, just to name a few, have done really well on three days rest. The problem with Verlander, he's never won a game in the World Series. He's 0-7. And he actually got the no decision in game one because the Phillies ended up coming back. He probably would have got the victory, but the bullpen and the Phillies hitting were able to find something and get it there, uh, get them to that victory. And it's crazy because, like, 
to feel and talking with a lot of Philly fans just recently, they are they upset that they got no hit? Not really, because they weren't really expected to be here anyways. That's the crazy story about this World Series. And I love that the World Series is happening because you remember back in March, we didn't think we were going to have a baseball season to begin with. So there, there's a lot of factors in this. And now it's like we have a World Series. We have a team that was expected to be here with the Astros. We have a team that we didn't expect to be here. Complete David versus Goliath. Kind of reminds you of the 0-1 World Series with the Yankees and Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks had great pitching and great offense. But it was the Yankees who had been here for so long. Maybe it's the same story. But... It's a lot. I mean, there's still three games at least left to be determined. And by our next episode, we'll finally know who is the World Series champion. But it's crazy to believe that Verlander has never won a World Series in three different decades. Well, I mean, aside from this whole 2017 uh, season uh, when, you know, the whole scandal happened. And actually, I, actually, I even want to mention this. Um, I believe they were interviewing uh, Bryce Harper after game three. And what was it? Um, I think Tom Verducci, um, I think, was interviewing him. And he was mm-hmm. talking about, like, you know, I was like, well, you know, these Astros are he's talking about them. He's like, you know, they're like uh, world champions and all that. So, I mean, it was like, <laughs> wow. Like, he, he called called them world champions after this whole like you know scandal that happened i was like i know you there's a, there's a difference between like uh obviously uh, respecting your opponent but then also i don't know ignoring the clear and obvious now granted you, you could look at it you could you could look at it two ways you could look at it two ways it's like you could say yeah they still have the title, and that is what it is. But then you could also say, you know, okay, yeah, they cheated. But then you want to you want to you, you light a fire under that the Houston Astros. Now that is how you light a fire. I mean, if you that's if true. I mean that's pouring a match on the a giant pile of gasoline right there. Especially though that Houston's been trying to prove this wrong for the last like three years. Yeah, and ironically, it's kind of like Jimmy Rollins making that statement in The Captain where uh, Jimmy – I forgot what exactly Jimmy said, but Jeter's like, I would never have said that, but I'm not Jimmy. No, I, I, so I, think, I, he said, I think he said, like, we're definitely going to win or something like that. He basically said yeah. we're going oh, yeah. to win in, like, five or something like that. Like, that's confident. That That's good. But yeah. I would never said that. And it's great, too, because even that playoff series for the Yankees in 09, CC wasn't right in, like, the first couple innings. He let a couple runs in. And then he looked over to Jeter, and Jeter's like, you good? Like, yeah, I'm good. We got you. And then within minutes, Jeter hits the tying home run in that game. And they're like, oh, we're winning this game. There's no way we're losing this one. <laughs> but... It like this world. I kind of hope this World Series goes seven, honestly. Yeah. Just because I I love the game of baseball. Baseball has always been my favorite sport, and to watch it. And I mean, granted, I do want the off season to start because I really want to know what's going to happen with Aaron Judge this off season. But I think I can wait a couple more days and watch some more great baseball because let's face it, I, as much as the Yankees didn't make it and the Red Sox didn't make it. This has been a fantastic World Series, honestly. And they're like hats off, hats off to the Phillies and the Astros playing so well recently. Um, and it, it is a seesaw battle right now between the two. 
And you never know what game, what each game is going to bring or deliver and who's going to be that guy that's going to deliver the big hit. So I, I've really enjoyed watching the World Series. Even if my team's not in, it's baseball. I'll still watch it. I, I do hope that the Astros lose, but I do love trolling the Phillies fans as well. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, know. I love trolling Phillies fans more than anything else. Yeah, I, I, I think depending on how you look at this, it's almost like a, it, it's like a win-win situation where it's like if the Astros lose, everyone trolls them. But, you know, if you don't like Philly fans, then you, you could just enjoy the moment because it's like, yep, Philly's back on the bottom again. So, yep. And the funny thing is, if the Astros lose, this would be three teams from the American League or the, no, the, Anna, the National, National League. League. Yeah. East. Yeah, I was almost an American League. The National League East winning against the Astros in the World Series. But again, the NL West is still the best division in baseball. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Did it again, Eric. <laughs> oh, I'm on a roll. For those of you that have not known about this, I'm going to keep bringing this up. And I'm going to find every creative way possible to bring this comment up. Dave Roberts, and I wish I could play it. Maybe I can I can find it later on and like put, plug it in somehow. Dave Roberts said the NL West is the best division in baseball. It's funny because in the NL West, there's only really been two teams that have won the NL West. And that's the Giants. And that's the Dodgers. Uh, the Padres won it once, I think, in 2006. The Rockies were actually a wild card team in 07. The Diamondbacks, I believe, won it in 08 or 07. But it's been predominantly the Dodgers in the last 15 years. But you look at any division, the Cubs won the Central and won the World Series. The Yankees, the Astro, or the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Orioles. And even the Rays, all five of them have been to the ALCS, and I'm pretty sure they're the te- they're the most division that's been to the LCS in the last 20 years. But again, the NLS is the best division. That's what Dave Roberts believes because he's the manager there, even though he played for the Red Sox and helped break the curse in 04. You idiot! <laughs> Always finding it away, Eric. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see how you fit this in once we get into like football and basketball season. <laughs> Because, you know, it's going to be and that's going to be the best part, too, because this is towards the end of baseball season. So now it's like, how do I creatively bring it up? And I wonder, you know, we should start a count on here. It's been what, like four weeks already that I've been able to bring this in to like each episode. I should like go back and listen to see like when did I bring it up and like how many weeks have we have we brought this up and how far we can keep going with it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like at least four or five. Episodes. Uh, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Because I think he said it in August, so I know we said it a lot in September. I know I've been saying it a lot in the uh, last few episodes, so maybe it's been longer. I don't know. Um, so let's move on <laughs> to football because as the world like the World Series is still going on, so we can't really kind of break it down. Uh, we kind of broke down as much as we possibly could, but it is midway through the NFL season, and this is the fun part because. If I can find my markers, we ended up putting our predictions out there of who we think is going to win and what division. Uh, oh, there's my markers. Uh, who's going to win the divisions? Who's going to be in the playoffs? Uh, so let's take a look at this. Which uh, division or conference do you want to start off with, Noah? 
Uh, let's start off with the NFC. Um, right. I, I think the NFC uh, might need a little more change. A little more, all right. So, <laughs> the NFC is a mess. Let's just face that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, the East divisions, the East, the NFC East. You chose Dallas. I chose Philly. I'm sticking with Philly. I don't think anyone's going to touch them in the division. Uh, so I feel pretty confident with my predictions right now of Philly. You, on the other hand, picked Dallas, even though you're a Giants fan. But I guess we all make mistakes. Uh. <laughs> I I felt that Dallas had the good chances. I mean, after week one, I'll admit, I was like, oh, crap. I don't think this is going to be a good pick. But uh, <laughs> let's face it. I mean, Cooper Rush and them surprised people. But, I mean, I, I mean, my pick is not completely dead, to be honest. I mean, I could That's I true. could. I could write it out, but I mean, right now Philadelphia is playing really good, and I mean, all Dallas needs is like two, two, two more losses, and then they're kind of a bit out of reach, especially if uh, you know they still have that one more game against Philly coming up soon. But I think I'm going to change my pick to Philly. I think the Eagles are uh, okay. playing well enough. I think that uh, they'll hold on to the division. I know people are saying, well, they have an easy schedule, and they do that. It's it. The entire division kind of does because, you know, Green Bay. All three of those teams have the easiest schedule in the NFL. I mean, the the Packers are weak this year, and plus we had the AFC South as part of our schedule. And so, but I think think Philly will take over and win this division. All right. So I'm keeping mine. And actually, I'm going to put a little dot up here that I did not change mine. Just a. There we go. You did. So there's that. Um, The South. (laughs) Oh, the South. The NFC South. As we look at the uh, standings right now, if I can pull it up, it does not look good for the South. We both picked Tampa Bay. We both picked Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, TB, to win this division. And unfortunately... They're not playing well. Brady's divorced. We did not think that was going to happen during the season either. And now they're three and five. The Jets have a better record than they do. (laughs) The New York Jets, my Jets, have a better record than Tampa Bay. Crazy. What world do we live in? Um Let's see. So let's look at the uh, NFC South or yeah, the South Atlanta Falcons are four and four and they lead this division. (laughs) Here's a crazy thing, though. If uh, Carolina Panthers, if you saw the end of that game against the Falcons, you had that Hail Mary play with that. Got the game tying touchdown, and mm-hmm. what happened was is that the receiver decided to take his helmet off, and as a result, was an unsportsmanlike conduct that resulted in a penalty pushing the kick back, and then the extra point was missed, forcing overtime, and eventually Atlanta, you know, they went to overtime. They had to get rid of the ball first. Carolina had a chance to make a field goal. They missed, and then Atlanta got the ball back, and they ended up making the game-winning field goal. But yet, their one receiver who made the touchdown, um, I believe, yeah, he ma- he ended up taking off his helmet, and as a result, got an unsportsmanlike penalty that uh, ended up. DJ Moore. 
forcing it to overtime. But I believe I heard later that apparently since he was off the field, he took his helmet off. That shouldn't have been a penalty. So you can uh. officials because even though he was celebrating, it's technically not against the rules. So, But the, the, the reason I bring this up is because mm. if Carolina wins that game, Carolina could be in first place. They would have been tied for first place with all those teams. And at that point, the Carolina Panthers would have been leading the NFC South after they had fired their head coach and after they had <laughs> traded away Christian McCaffrey. True. Imagine if that had happened. <laughs> I mean, people are already calling these uh, people um, the new NFC, like, least or whatever, as you know. That's, that's true. Very terrible. <laughs> So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and five. They're tied with the Saints. The, the Panthers are two and six. Um, I think I'm going to keep it for now. I think, and the I put my dark horse team as the as the Bucks. And here's the fun thing: now they right now in the division are, uh, if I'm looking correctly, they're two and one. And actually, besides the Panthers, only the Panthers and the uh, Bucks have a better record in their division. So, you know, they're going to win against them eventually. That's what's going to help propel them. We'll get to the Buccaneers and our uh, Mad Five picks in a little bit. But I still think they're the best team. And I still think they're going to figure this out. I, I, st- I don't trust the Falcons. I don't trust maybe the Saints. Maybe if they can stay healthy enough. I don't trust the Panthers right now at all. Um, and Tampa Bay is the only team that I can trust in this division, so I'm going to keep it the same. I don't know about you. Well, I'm looking at the schedules ahead, and, I mean, you have uh, – Tampa Bay has a favorable schedule because, you know, they face their division down the stretch of their last two games. They have Carolina and their last game against Atlanta. And right now, I mean, it it's a tough spot right now because – Tampa Bay plays the Rams, and then they play the Seahawks, who have been playing so well. And for the Falcons, I mean, it doesn't get easier for them when uh, they get down to their last, like, four games because then they play the Ravens, Cardinals, and Buccaneers. If the the Cardinals could pick it up by then, then they could be ending up on a slide. I think I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay, mainly because I think I'm just going to rely on the experience. And, you know, even though these division – this division is just the worst in the NFL. It comes down to how you play against yep. your di- your division, and I think as long as Tampa Bay doesn't have that slip up like they did in Carolina, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. All right, the North. <laughs> Another team we were so sure was going to be the best team in this division and run away with it. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah. Uh, we both picked Green Bay, which – is by the way three and five same record as Tampa Bay. Uh, the Bears are also three and five in the the lead in that division, and the Lions are one and six. But the team that's the best right now is the Minnesota Vikings. They're uh, two and one on the road. They're three and zero oh in their division. They're five and one in the conference. Uh, this team right now, they're on a five game winning streak. Ever since that loss to the the Eagles, they've been so good. And it seems like now Kirk Cousins has a coach that's really believing in him and trusting in him and his abilities. It's it's kind of tough not to take Minnesota as the uh, division winner, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Minnesota on this one. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to change that one too, Eric. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, threw his teammates under the bus, um, and yep. he's going to try and ride it out, and he's just going to work out his own issues. But right now, Minnesota, they have uh, the best opportunity to win this division. They have won. They have the big lead right now. We'll see how they do again these next stretch of games. After they play Washington this weekend, they have to take on Buffalo. they got to take on Dallas, who you got to remember – Last year, they lost to Cooper Rush. And, you know, even if they had to face Cooper Rush this year, I mean, that could have been a difficult (laughs) challenge. But they get to take on Dak Prescott right before Thanksgiving. And... But I'm going to say that the Vikings will win this division because I think they're the best team right now in the NFC North. I mean, Green Bay really just has uh, a lot of problems with uh, their own losing streak. It's hard that, you know, Green Bay, four-game losing streak to the Giants, to your Jets of all teams. And then a bigger shock, losing to Taylor Heineke and the Commanders. And then, of course, losing on Sunday night football to the Bills. I think either – so to you, which one is the worst loss for the Packers? Losing at home to the Jets or losing on the road to the Commanders? I, 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 just, I, I think losing to Taylor Heineke is still worse because, I mean, Washington was starting to slip away. But at the same time, losing at home, your home field in Lambeau, that, that, that just really leaves a poor taste in your mouth. But at the same time – they were, they were pro- probably coming off of jet lag because, you know, they had to go play in London for, like, the first time ever. True. And also, Fox treated it like it was the game of the week because they had their A squad there with uh, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson and Aaron Andrews there. So that was, like, the game for Fox. And that was the best game the Jets have had, uh, just dominating both sides of the field. And actually all three because they ended up getting a, a great punt return, too, or kick return. So, um, all right, so we have the, our north standings, which actually – I'm going to put a little dot on here because you changed. I changed. We all changed. Uh, the West, the wild, wild West. We did not think this was going to be like this. Uh, the the Rams were supposed to run away with this division. They were supposed to run away with it. And yeah. it's the Seahawks. They're five and three. They're a game above the 49ers. The Rams are three and four. The Cardinals are three and five. Even with DeAndre Hopkins back, the Cardinals still can't win. I mean, they won that Thursday night game, but I don't even remember who they played, honestly, because it's Thursday night and I haven't paid attention to a Thursday night football game and I don't remember one. And then you you have the Rams, who are supposed to be the Super Bowl champs, who had Air, who have Aaron Donald, one of the greatest defenders of all time or defensive players of all time, and you can't – you just can't do anything. Um, it kind of makes it seem like last year was a fluke, that they shouldn't have won and they shouldn't have gone that far. But I, I'm 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 kind of against myself. I know I'm changing my my pick, but I'm. Do I want to believe in the the Seahawks or do I think the Niners are actually going to take it now with Christian McCaffrey? Because that move is going to really help them eventually, and that that running game already. Because that's that's about seventy five percent, eighty percent of the offense is just running, running the ball, play actions, getting everyone moving, and making Jimmy G not look terrible, but giving him more weapons. I mean, you have Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, you have CMC. Now, can he be healthy? That's the real question. But 
if you, if CMC is finally on a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, I think he's going to be healthy enough to help propel them to that next level. So I I personally think I'm going to go San Francisco in this one. Okay. So San Francisco is your division? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, let's see. I mean, you, you can almost feel that last week's uh, – game against the Rams and San Francisco 49ers was kind of the build up or even prediction of what the division champion could be. I mean, a lot of people probably were going to watch this game, but then it got bumped, uh, at least on the East Coast for, uh, you know, the Giants and Seahawks. Yeah, we had to watch your Giants lose, which, by the way, I picked right on that game. (laughs) Can't win every game and, you know, it's our second loss of the year. But now looking at this, I mean, I I uh, obviously didn't uh, take in the factor of uh, you know McCaffrey being there for the for the 49ers, but yeah, I mean the 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 Rams have a bunch of injuries right now. They just lost Cooper Cup. That's not a good sign. And yep. so they're, I mean, you can't really call this a Super Bowl hangover. It's more like uh, just you know players gone and moved on. They don't have Vaughn Miller, Andrew Whitworth retired. They don't even have Odell Beckham Jr. anymore. Yep, and yep. so there's just too many guys gone. And McVay is still a great coach. And right now I just think the 49ers will have a better run down the stretch. I still I think the Seahawks will fade at some point, especially, you know, they got to play the 49ers one more time. Even though it's in yep, Seattle, yep. I think uh, Seattle will fade down the stretch. So I'm taking the Niners in this division. So that's your dark horse team, by the way. Yeah. As a... Uh... I'll put that there. There. Um, yeah. So our uh, wild card stand or wild cards. Uh, you have Philly, Arizona. I'm actually going to take out San Francisco because that was your uh, your dark horse wild card team, and they are not anymore because you bump them up to your division. Um. So you have Philly and Arizona. But you also took Philly out, so let's let's take Philly out of there. I'm just gonna whole, write a whole new one. Do you still think Arizona can be a wild card team? I really don't think so. All right, so we're gonna start with a clean slate with you. Yeah. <laughs> so who are your three wild well, card teams? All right, well, I'll start with Dallas because you know even though they're out, out of the division uh, title right now, I mean they're still playing like a playoff team. That defense is very dominant with uh, Parsons, Vander Esch, and Diggs, and Dexter, and uh, no, uh, sorry, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, and there, there's so many Lawrences: Demarcus Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence. I mean, I wonder how many Lawrences are in the NFL. I mean, you can start saying uh, Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. Sort <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> of the name in there, but uh, so I got Dallas, and then as far as uh, you look at the current standings, I mean, you got the New York Giants playing good right now as uh, a wild card team, and right now, I mean. It's looking good. It's looking hopeful, but I gotta take it. I gotta put in my New York Giants as a wild card team because right. I think we have a good stretch of games right now. We play the Texans next week after we go off our bye, and then we take on Detroit, and hopefully we get a good uh, game against Dallas on Thanksgiving, and we have our division right after that as well. And then for my last wild card team, I mean, 
Yeah, so, I mean, currently San Francisco is in the wild card right now, but again, it's like you could think, you know, Seattle. You could even think the Commanders, who, you know, they're just uh, sitting right outside. And That's then, true. Uh, we're looking at the Rams, but, yeah, this is uh, kind of tough. But <laughs> I think for right now, I'm going to go – I'm going to – I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams. I think somehow they get this together. I think it's going to come off of experience. I mean, how much more uh, can Geno Smith really take over for Seattle? And I'm sure that, uh, you know, the Rams have to play him twice. So that could actually be a big uh, hit there for them. I know the Rams uh, still have uh, the Chiefs on the schedule, but you got to feel that this team could try and pull together at some point. So I'm going for the Rams. All right, so, so far, Noah's predictions for the NFC East, it's Philly. He's changed that from uh, Dallas to Philly. Uh, we're still sticking with Tampa Bay. We're both going with Minnesota. Your West Division winner and dark horse is the San Francisco 49ers. You're putting Dallas Cowboys, Giants, and Rams in for the NFC. Um, so I'm sticking with Dallas. I, I had them as a wild card. I don't think they're going to be. They're on the same level of Philly, but I do think they are still one of the better teams in the NFC. And also they're in the best division in the NFC because everyone counted the division out. And this is what happens when you do that, idiots. Um, I guess I, I can agree with the Giants. I mean, looking at it right now, these are the three best teams. The I mean, it's the best division. So you have to go with the best division, and you got to stick with them. So I'm going to go with the Giants as well. Um, my last one. Oh, man. You know, I, I am debating between two teams right now, the Falcons and the Seahawks. Because I think the Falcons can pull some wins together. But. I trust Geno Smith and Pete Carroll a little more right now because of how they're playing. And even if they lose the division, that's what's going to propel them to the wild card. So I'm going to go with Seattle as my final uh, – well, not in any order, by the way, but just as my wild card team. Okay. So, because even if they do lose to San Francisco, I still think Seattle can get there. But and I, I just don't think that the Rams are going to be strong enough. By the way, they they're not running the ball either because he, didn't they want to get rid of Cam Akers or did they get rid of Cam Akers already? I can't remember what the story was about with him. I don't think they got rid of him, but, but they wanted to get rid of him and he wanted out. So. There, there's just a, to me, there's a lot of dysfunction with the Rams, and that's why the Packers, I don't think they're going to get there because there's a lot of dysfunction with them that we're finally seeing. Um, there's a lot of dysfunction with the with the Buccaneers, but that's more personal stuff. I don't think that's – it is starting to spill into the season, but I think eventually they're going to start rolling in. Uh, uh, Texans so are different silly right now. <laughs> and it's tied in the World Series 1-1. By the way, uh. <laughs> uh, Verlander let off another uh, home run in the uh, first inning. Uh, so my NFC uh, playoff predictions as of right now, I still have Philly. I never changed that, by the way. Um, I still have Tampa Bay. I have um, 
Minnesota, change that from Green Bay. I have San Francisco as my West. I have Dallas, the Giants, and the Seahawks as my wildcard teams. So that is who I have right now for that. Let's go to the AFC side. It's a little more, uh, although our our division uh, winners were our opposite of the wildcard. So who I had for winning for the division, you had it as the wildcard. I, who you had as your divisions, I had as my wild cards. Yeah. So let's see who's right and who's wrong. We both – do we even need to touch the AFC East? Because that, that's already done. Like, we both agree Buffalo is winning that one. Yeah. I don't even want to touch that. Um, let's go to the north. Baltimore right now sits on top of the division over Cincinnati. You picked Cincinnati. I picked Baltimore. I'm going to stick with Baltimore because Lamar Jackson – if he can continue to be Lamar, uh, Lamarvelous is how they say it, how the old kids say it. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm talking about Kevin Harlan and Ian Eagle, by the way, because they're the ones that say that all the time. Um, if he could be the special guy, and they have one of the top five tight ends with Mark Andrews anyways. Uh, unfortunately, the receivers are kind of lackluster, but as long as Lamar Jackson can run – and be accurate, which I think he is this year, a lot more than he has been. I think Baltimore is still going to run away with this division. Yeah, I would have to change my pick to uh, Baltimore right now. I mean, Woo-hoo! you look at how uh, Cincinnati's playing. I mean, they've had their poor games. I mean, they lost, they got crushed by Cleveland on Halloween night, and that that's just uh, I think uh, very uh, disheartening uh, and just. Very uh, hard to accept right now for a Bengals fan to have your team go out on the road and get beaten by Jacoby Brissett and the rest of this uh, Cleveland Browns team. I mean, that's just uh, leaves a poor taste in your mouth. So I'm. And didn't I, he get sacked like seven times in that game? I mean, I don't know, but I mean, that's the, the see how that game was like well out of reach. I mean, right around halftime, and that that's not how you. Well, I mean, after the third quarter, I mean, that's not how you play winning football right now. And Cincinnati, they've had too many ups and downs. So I'm going to Baltimore, even though they've blown too many leads for the Ravens. True, but I feel like they're getting better now. And this is the time of year that you want to get better. Okay. The South. (laughs) The the shitty South. (laughs) The best team is still Tennessee. And I got them right. Yeah, because I picked Derrick Henry is healthy. <laughs> I picked Indy, didn't I? Yep. Should I uh, cross that one out too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tennessee for you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way. Ten I see right now. Wink, yeah. wink. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no way that Sam Ellinger is gonna somehow pull this off. I mean, <laughs> Indy has no answers. I mean, I I don't know what's gonna happen with this team. <laughs> As soon as I saw that, I looked over at the rankings over the weekend, and I'm like, (laughs) although, I will admit, you have at least one up on me, and we're going to get to it in a second anyways, because my, yeah, you already know which one we're talking about next. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Tennessee, because that's, I mean, the AFC just seems so easy to predict, honestly. We kind of know who's going to be where and what. Uh, the West, I was an idiot. I bought into the, uh, the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. I will admit that like everyone else did, by the way, that's right. But, uh, 
<laughs> can he ride anywhere besides the uh, the bench? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. It has been terrible. And I'm sick and tired of seeing them. Monday night, Thursday night, uh, Sunday night, any night. I'm sick and tired of seeing them. In the morning in London. <laughs> I'm done with them. Maybe they could – that's where they could ride to. They could ride to London and play over there because they do much better apparently. <laughs> yeah, they won. But it's confusing with Denver. They just got rid of Bradley Chubb. Yeah, and that like – it boggles me because you look at it. Okay, Bradley Chubb is a damn good player, just like Von Miller was, but they're going more offensive than defensive. And because they're trying to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chargers, which we're going to get to because – actually, no, we aren't really going to get to that because they're – oh, no, I picked them as a dark horse team. All right. Um, yeah, but the Chargers are not doing well either right now. Although they're four and three, so they're a game behind. They're a lot better than the Broncos, that's for sure. Um, all right, so we have our divisions. I'm going to start with you. So I'm going to take Tennessee out. I'm going to I'm going to take Denver out of your wild card, right? Okay. <laughs> and then I'm going to let you decide between Vegas and New England. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two all right, so <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, you're looking at the wild cards. You obviously have your New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, and the L.A. Chargers. I mean, that's... How crazy is that? Yeah, it's hard to believe, but... But but yet somehow your Jets still can't beat New England. I, I had to bring it up. It still happened. And I, I picked the Jets to win, man. Like, come on. <laughs> That's why. Can you not pick us to win ever again? And now you got to play Buffalo this week. I mean, it, it just, it's just getting a little more difficult. So for wild cards... For, for wild cards, right now, I would have to say... I would have to say Miami. I think as long as they stay healthy, the Dolphins should be pretty good. Again, they're a really good team. It's just, you know, you messed up the whole Tua thing where they should have taken them out. And they also have a pretty good schedule coming up because they got the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans after their bye week. And then they play the Chargers, so they could control their own destiny. Plus, they got the Packers, so the Packers aren't as scary anymore. And uh, That's true. The Jets beat them, so they already know. We're not afraid of you, little man. Yeah, and then um, for right now, um, man, this the lower half of the AFC could like really change after like two weeks, and all it takes is just a few games. But for right now, I'm gonna ride with the Chargers, and uh, I know I know there's been some injuries to to the Chargers, but I think in a few weeks they could get some of those guys back. I think they're supposed to get Bosa back um, within the next few weeks, and then uh, right now they gotta few more games against their uh division um i think as long as they beat the raiders i think they could be in good shape and even uh i mean i mentioned that dolphins game that again it could go either way but you know the dolphins have have, i'm trying to think if the dolphins have beaten them a few times but i'm gonna just go with the chargers now your jets man this is a big question mark i mean i know they've been playing good but again to me they're a bit of a big question mark and oh i know you you have you, you have games against the you still have two more against the Bills. You have to play the Patriots and you have to play the Vikings. And not to mention you have Jacksonville and Seattle on this schedule. So 
I know. Jacksonville, I'm not worried about as much. Their offensive line is not as good as the defensive line for the Jets. Yeah, that, you, I'm not too worried about. Yeah, but you see how many close games Jacksonville's played in? They would have had an extra win if the Giants didn't make that key defensive stop. I mean, Jacksonville, they played so many close games to where all they need is just something to tip the scale. And if they just made so many uh, more, if they just played better in some of those games like against Philly or even uh, Houston or even against the Giants, Jacksonville would be in a good position. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to take the spot, but I, for right now, might go back to Cincinnati. I'm going to take my last team as the Bengals. I know I gave them some hard times about what happened with Cleveland, but for now, I think they could probably get back into this. So, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was saying yep. that. <laughs> then I was looking. Then I just looked at their schedule. <laughs> Holy That's crap. I didn't do anything yet. <laughs> Look, here's, here's, who, here's who Cincinnati has this on their schedule. They still have Tennessee. They still have Kansas City. They still have to play Cleveland and Tampa Bay and Buffalo and Baltimore. Holy crap. That, that is murder's row. That has got to be the hardest schedule in the NFL. Man. <laughs> Really hard to walk this one. So, for right now, come back to me. Come back to me. I can't figure this out. (laughs) So, one question I do have. I can erase your other Dark Horse teams, correct? Yeah, get rid of of the Raiders and... uh, The Pats? Yeah, just take the Pats off for now. All right. So, as you're trying to figure out your last wildcard team... Uh, all right. So here's what I'm going to do for me. I'm going to only pick one dark horse team now because I picked two. I originally had the chargers and Miami. I'm keeping Miami as my dark horse team and I'm moving them to my, uh, my wild cards. So they're in my wild card spot. I don't know if the chargers are going to be healthy enough. Um, my only, my other problem is if I'm looking correctly, I'm going to try to look at their schedule real quick. I don't know if you had said their schedule or not, but I'm going to look at theirs and see what big games. Cause they got to play. Oh, they got to play against the Niners. Ooh, already. All right. So, um, they have a bye week eight, which I'm pretty sure is this week. Yep. Uh, oh, no, they play the, the Falcons. They were on a bye last week. So the Niners and Chiefs and Cardinals. Ooh. And then they play the Dolphins and Titans. Oof. Oof. All right. Yeah, I don't think I want the uh, the Chargers in mine. Um, I'm looking at the standings right now. You know, uh, <laughs> this is tough. Yeah, because you got to figure out what division. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on a limb because we're going to get to about early December. We're going to change it one last time. So for now, I'm going to stick with the team that is still in the playoff picture right now. My New York Jets. (laughs) I'm sticking with them. Okay. I respect that. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No, but what I do think is going to happen is I think it's going to come down to week week 18 against the uh, the Miami Dolphins, and I'm pretty sure it's in Miami, and that right there is going to be the game to be determined. 
and probably, and I'm actually kind of hoping this, that it's going to be Sunday night football for the first time. I don't remember how long it's been since the Jets were on a Sunday night football game that late in the season. So I think that's going to be the game that's going to decide whether the Dolphins go to the playoffs or the Jets. I'm saying it right now at week nine and episode eight of the Midday Madness Sports podcast. That's what it's going to come down to. Uh, so as of right now, I'm having the Dolphins. I'm having the Jets. You know what? I'm going to pick Cincy because here's the thing. They've done well against Kansas City. So I'm not too worried about Kansas City. It depends on what uh, Buccaneers team shows up and who else do they, who else do they have on their uh, schedule? Uh, Cincinnati. Well, they still have Baltimore. They have the Ravens. Yeah. And they've kind of owned the Ravens, especially last season. They owned them pretty well. Uh, but again, they also have Tennessee and Cleveland, where Cleveland should have Deshaun Watson back. Yeah, uh, for the first time ever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna for right now because we're gonna be able to change this eventually, anyways. I'm gonna go with Cincinnati because, and the way I'm looking at it as well, if I could spell correctly, is an AFC like it's the division winners are so easy to predict, but and the. The wildcard teams are so easy to predict as well right now because we're still in that beginning stages. Like, are are and when the Jets going to fall off? When are the the Dolphins going to start propelling themselves? When are the Cincinnati Bengals going to propel themselves? They're in murder's row with their schedule, but I feel like if they can just kind of – if they have two losses, if they have more than three losses in that schedule, then it's – I don't believe Cincinnati is going to do well, but if they go at least and lose two games, I think they'll be okay to get to the playoffs. So I'm going Cincinnati in this in my uh, prediction. Now we're back to Noah on his yeah. final wild card. <laughs> yeah, again, I had, to, I had to figure this out. I mean, I was about to <laughs> go Cincinnati, but then I had to pump the brakes. Um, but then, yeah, yeah, I mean. The, they, as mentioned, they do play Cleveland with uh, Deshaun Watson in his second game because the week before he'll take on Houston. But then now, I mean, are you going Cleveland? No, I no 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 no. <laughs> um, I think, but I, at that point, Cleveland would have to win like almost every single game from like this point out, or even yep. in a week or two to just try and turn the season around. Now I'm looking at a team who could possibly turn it around. That's why I'm picking this team. I'm picking the Patriots because they got a you few games. Sticking with the I'm sticking with the Patriots because I because yeah. looking at their schedule, they have Indy this week, which is going to be working out in their favor. And then they got that game against the Jets at home and Foxborough. I mean, they have the tough game against, you know, Minnesota and Buffalo. But, you know, don't don't count them out of the Minnesota game. You know, it's like take take it upon the Vikings to, you know, lose a game like that. That just seems to be a possibility that could happen right there for Kirk Cousins and that, those Minnesota Vikings. And then you have those games against Arizona and the Raiders. Those are games that I'm sure um, it, it could be interesting, although I will say the Raiders won. That one could be tough because, you know, McDaniels is the coach and Belichick has a hard time against his former coaches because even he, Belichick lost to Patricia and the Lions a few years ago in that in that game. But I'm going to go with the Patriots because um, I think if there's uh, any team that could uh, ride it out in this wave of uncertainty in the AFC, I'm sure it could be uh, Bill Belichick and whoever he's starting, whether it's uh, Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. 
and uh, we're on to uh, next week, so uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so you still believe that New England has a chance to be in the playoffs? Not a deep run, but just to make it to the playoffs. I mean, that's why I think they're they're like the seventh seed. I mean, all right. But I think it's going to be of Mac Jones, not Bailey Zappi, though. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this kind of leads me to uh, can we stump pegs today? Uh, there are quite a bit of teams that are in each conference that are currently in a playoff position who missed the playoffs last season. Uh, Do you know the total number of that, Noah? I'm going to give you four options, like always, multiple choice. So you have a chance. You cannot call a friend. You cannot do uh, the 50-50. So this is not, uh, do you want to be a millionaire? This is stump pegs. So I'm going to give you four numbers. And again, there are a number of teams uh, that are currently in the playoff position who have missed the postseason in 2021. So they're in... Postseason position now. All right. Yeah. Is it four? Is it eight? Is it six? Is it five? Okay. So there are blank number of teams in each conference that are currently in the playoff position who missed the postseason last season. How many teams are there? So go over the numbers again. Oh, crap. I have to do this again. All right. Is it six, eight, five, or three is what I said, right? Uh, I didn't know what the last one I was. I might change no. it by accident. Oh. Uh, we'll say three. <laughs> um, man. Um, let's see. Just going off of the top of my head. I would have to say... Six. Final answer. Final answer. Sorry, I had to do my um my six flags dance. <laughs> so what was the answer? Eight. The number of teams four from each conference that are currently in a playoff position who missed the postseason last season. Now, I'm not going to ask who those teams are because I don't even know who those teams are. And I'm assuming the Jets are on that. Um, the Dolphins, I feel like. The uh, the Giants. The uh, Seahawks, yeah, yeah. Minnesota. Philly made it. I'm trying to think. Who? Baltimore didn't make it. So that, I think that's all eight right there. So, Yeah. There are also the number of to- of games that have been decided by a touchdown, six points or fewer, and that's 55, the most such games through week eight in NFL history. And the last season stat for the NFL, 94, the number of games within one score, eight points in the fourth quarter through week eight, and that's 76.4% of games, the most at this point in NFL history. Well, it's been a very close season, and uh, yes, and the fact that the Jets are doing well is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of made it uh, somewhat uh, unpredictable with the just the way you're picking games, and that's why you know if you're a sports better, you got to be careful. Yep. Uh, also, some other fun stats. Uh, oh wait, no, that's that one. Oh, wait, where did my other? I'm trying to find my other screen. Is it this one? That's not it. Oh, dang it. Ah, capsules. That's what I want. All right. So this is going to lead us to our uh, 
mad five picks and currently you were only beating me by two you were beating me by three last week and i made some ground on you uh last week we both chose minnesota i picked seattle yes uh i also picked san francisco yes you picked unfortunately washington and i lost that one uh but i at least made at least one game up so instead of three games down i'm two um so your overall record is 26 and 14 my overall record is 24 and 16 um i have the fun uh opportunity to pick this week's mad five picks so let's start it off uh i gotta get my screen back up if i can find it because nope that's not it uh we're having a little technical difficulties here. Here we go. Uh, New England versus Indianapolis. Um, Patriots lead this all-time series 49-29. Ellinger uh, made his first career start last week. He was 17-23. He was 201 yards with a passer rating of 100.1. He could also become the sixth quarterback since 2000 with zero picks and 100 rating in each of his first two career starts. Matt Jones is getting the start for the New England Patriots. Uh, last week, they beat my Jets 22-17, to 17, even though the Jets almost had a chance to come back last week. I will admit that. They had a chance um, because, I mean, they are to prove that they can get the onside kick against the Browns, but they just couldn't get it against the Patriots. Um, Stevenson last week. Had 143 yards from scrimmage, 72 receptions, and 71 rushes. So that was good for him. He also had seven catches last week and aims for a fourth in a row. So he's starting to become that weapon that they've needed. Devontae Parker had 77 reception yards and a touchdown catch in his last game against the Colts. Uh, That was with Miami. So he's looking to do something similar to that. Uh, Noah, who are you picking in this one? Although I feel like I know who you're going to pick. I just yeah. want to hear it from you, though. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going with New England. I mean, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. it's it's the fact that um, you have Bill Belichick, who's good at playing or coaching against young quarterbacks. I mean, Ellinger is not a rookie, yeah. but knowing that he's only made only a few starts, um, that he takes uh, advantage of teams that, you know, have their inexperience and, you know, even with the rookies. But now, seeing how he's not a rookie, now you have Mac Jones going into this, and I think New England's could be just fine. They'll get above 500, so I'm taking the Patriots. All right. Next game is Battle of the NFC West. Technically, if you look at it, this game is supposed to be a good one. Uh, the Cardinals versus the Seahawks. The Seahawks are in first place. You can literally flip the records around. One team is five and three. The other is three and five. So Gino beat the Giants last week Woo, that I picked against uh, Noah. <laughs> he had two touchdowns, no picks. Um, he has five games with a hundred passer rating this season, most in the NFL. And he leads all quarterbacks with 72.7 completion percentage and ranks third in passer rating. Uh, Kenneth Walker started to become the rookie that we thought he was. And again, he did come from Michigan state last year. So he was very good. DK Metcalf, uh, had a great, had a pretty good game, and Tyler Lockett made up for that mishap. What that seemed like it was going to be an easy touchdown, it was not. And then he got an even easier one later down in the game, which kind of helped seal the game for the Seahawks. Uh, this is in 
the where the Super Bowl is supposed to be in Arizona. Kyler Murray passed for a season high 329 yards with th- with three last uh, touchdowns last week. So, ah, uh, man, this is to me this is a tough one because do you trust Pete Carroll what they're doing? And they normally do pretty well against the uh, Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals do own the all-time series record at 24-22-1, but the Seahawks have won the last two. So they won all last season against these two teams, uh, between these two teams. Um, The last time these two teams played was, I'm pretty sure, last October, uh, actually in January, and the Seahawks won 38-30. Yeah, even then, uh, Seattle took down uh, Arizona uh, 19-9 on uh, week six. And so, um, yeah, Arizona coming into this game needing a win. But I think Seattle's uh, playing really good right now. Um, They're hoping to at least get some of their full momentum uh, before um, their game against the Buccaneers. That one, that one's gonna be in Germany, by the way. As, I, uh, that. that's, I know someone that's going to the game. That's a long way from home. I mean, out of all, all teams to send to Germany, you send the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they're gonna be watching yeah, that. You guys can go. I mean, that game's gonna be <laughs> on at like six in the morning, like six thirty. I mean, a bunch of people have to wake up to watch this. I ain't waking up that early. On, on <laughs> I'll still be asleep. I mean, that's on the West Coast, I mean, but the, yeah. just to pick this one, I'm going with uh, Seattle. They've been playing okay. pretty good. I mean, Arizona needs to basically earn my vote <laughs> back because, I mean, they've been playing some poor football. So I'm going with the Seahawks. I think I'm going to agree with you. Uh, Pete Carroll right now is the better coach over Cliff Klingsbury. Uh, he has a more solid uh, – he does things better than most coaches do. And obviously, if you go with experience, the last two teams that we have, they have the most experienced coaches uh, out there. Next is the Rams versus the Bucks. Uh, again, this was an NFC uh, wildcard, no divisional round matchup last season in uh in Tampa Bay, and actually, if I'm looking at this correctly, uh, these are the two teams that recently won the Super Bowl, and they are matching up this weekend. Los Angeles won last season's Super Bowl the two seasons ago. Tampa Bay won, beat the Chiefs. Uh, Brady threw for three touchdowns, and he actually had a comeback in that game. So this one, it, it's kind of crazy because this will be the 27th occurrence in a Super Bowl era and the eighth time in the past 20 seasons that the two most Super Bowl, the two most recent Super Bowl winners will meet in the regular season. By the way, the team who won the Super Bowl more recently has won six of the previous seven matchups. Wow. So uh, history would say the Rams should win this because Kansas City beat the New England Patriots a couple of seasons earlier on. Uh, when we saw that in 2020, 2019, New England Patriots beat the Eagles in 2019 season. Uh, New England had lost that Super Bowl. New England also did that to Denver 2017 season. And you're kind of seeing the, uh, the history of this. So uh, and since 2010, it seems like the team that won the Super Bowl ended up losing or I mean, it's kind of even out. So six of the seven matchups, the Super Bowl winner. Does that mean the Rams are going to win this? Not necessarily. But 
I do believe that this is going to be the game. Whoever wins this game is going to propel themselves into a better uh, playoff position. I'm picking Tampa Bay in this one. And I think this is the one that's going to get them back into the winning ways and keep them into that uh, playoff hope. So I think they need this more than the Rams do personally. Yeah. Um, to look at this game, I mean, I know the Rams, they're coming off of a huge loss of Cooper Cup. I know I predicted them to uh, say that they're going to make this wild card spot, but I think this is one game where, you know, Tampa Bay is uh, looking for some revenge from last year. Plus, Tampa Bay is uh, hungry for a win. I mean, they've lost, you know, three straight. I don't think Tom Brady is accepting a fourth straight loss. I don't think that really happens in Tom Brady's career, even though he's 45, he's uh, a bachelor now. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa Bay, and I think they're going to get prepared to fly to Germany. Uh, I I think that's going to be the tough game for – the Buccaneers. I mean, going all the way to Germany, that's a long way, too. Darn it, you were supposed to pick uh, L.A. Dang it. <laughs> I gotta wanna... make up... I gotta make up my game somehow on you. <laughs> I mean, we still we still have another half of a season to play, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> I like to think ahead, man. Um, next one is... I believe this is Sunday Night Football. Chiefs versus the Titans. Both teams are 5-2. and two. Both teams have been the number one seed in each of the last uh, two years, actually, for this one. Tennessee was the number one seed last year, even though they lost to Cincinnati. They actually both lost to Cincinnati um, in, their, in the Cincinnati's run for the Super Bowl. And also, looking at it, uh, the Chiefs ended up losing a couple years ago. But they won against this this team, this Titans team, uh, two years ago as well. Ah, man. I like the Titans. I really do. But it's so difficult to go against the Chiefs right now. And now with uh, your former receiver, we'll see how he's going to do with them. Now, I think they're going to use him more in special teams because that's kind of like that. That's something that he has that the Giants didn't really utilize very much. But I think that's the reason why the Chiefs are getting him. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs, and I can't wait to see how they use uh, Toomey. Yeah, I mean, Kadarius Tony is uh, going to be a player that, you know, the Giants did not like after. I mean, well, they just did not have him work out. And it's unfortunate, but, I mean, it was Dave Gettleman's decision, and we no. wanted Devontae Smith, but he had to make the decision, and we ended up getting a few draft picks in return, even though, you know, it was like a third and a sixth. So definitely yeah. undervalued considering it, he was a first-round pick. But uh, for this game, I'm taking Kansas City because um, this one's in Kansas City. They play well at home. Uh, K- Kelsey and Mahomes are going to have a lot of fun. Um, I know Derrick Henry, um, he's going to be uh, looking to try and get uh, a good game. But I don't know if Tennessee's uh, momentum can carry him anymore. I mean, they, Tennessee's been playing good football, but at some point uh, there has to be a stop. So I'm going with Kansas City. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee actually wins this, you know, because for some reason they play better in a regular season against Kansas City. Historically, they do, but it's just the play and it's the playoffs when Tennessee can't hold the win. Now, Derrick Henry is healthy, so that's I think that's what's going to help Tennessee with ball control. But it, uh, it it's so difficult to pick against Kansas City and just all the weapons that they have. 
Um, last but not least, it is Monday Night Football game uh, with Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on ESPN. And it's the Ravens going to New Orleans where the Saints go marching, even though uh, the Saints have not really been marching very well. And I still think they're trying to figure out who their quarterback is. Now, Andy Dalton was the starter last week. He was 22 of 30. He had a 229 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And he aims for his fifth home start in a row with a touchdown pass. He has two touchdown passes in five of his last six games against Baltimore, by the way, and has 4,507 career passing yards against Baltimore. And that's most versus any opponent it because he was with the Bengals back in those days. Um, ah, man. Wait, what? Oh, that's why. I like the weapons of the Saints. I really do. But there's just one player that I hold above everyone else in this game, Lamar Jackson, and I, I've picked Baltimore to win this one. You know, usually New Orleans is one of the toughest places to play in. I always considered the Superdome uh, to be second best to Seattle when it comes to, like, home field advantage. But I think New Orleans, they still have um, their uh, QB issues. I mean, I believe it's not Winston. It's been Andy Dalton, and they've had Taysom Hill at times. But I think Baltimore is the better team, and this is where they've been gaining their momentum back. And they'll ride this into the bye. Plus, they got some... A pretty easy schedule coming up ahead, going up against Carolina, Jacksonville, the Denver Broncos, and the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. So I think uh, this is the right time for the Ravens to start winning again. So I'm taking the Ravens. So we agree on every single pick. Damn you, Noah. (laughs) For an extra week, I will at least stay ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We both picked the Patriots, the the uh, Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Chiefs, and the Ravens, which, by the way, all but one of us has uh, all of these playoff teams in the playoff picture, except me. I don't have New England in the uh, playoffs for once. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so those are our Mad 5 picks. Take a look on our Facebook page. And uh, I will go talk about one of our quick sponsors as well right now. Uh, this episode, or these segment is brought to you by Alpine Limited Company. Their mission is to provide high quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who just love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com. And if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedco.com. And use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. Um, so we got that. Now... We have a fun part of the show where Noah likes to talk about his uh, – no, I'm just kidding. But he, he has the uh, – on this day in sports history. By the way, the World Series is tied at one apiece right now. Uh, it looks like Altuve is one for two in this game, which could be scary for the Philly fans. If 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 Altuve starts hitting well, good luck, Philly, because you're in for it now. <laughs> But Noah has on this day in sports history, so Noah, take it away, sir. All right, so let's see. On this day in sports history, in 1926, legendary baseball figure Ty Cobb resigns as Detroit Tigers manager, replaced by George Moriarty as uh, the first man to hold MLB's four principal jobs, player, umpire, scout, 
and manager as uh, you know that that was a different time back then 1926 where you know it's like player coach you know you basically controlled the league where yep. there's not many people going after those jobs and uh, on this day 1934 New York Yankees first baseman Lou Gehrig he won the American League triple crown after hitting uh, 363 I believe average and you have 49 home runs and 165 RBIs, but Mickey Cock- or Cochran uh, ended up winning the American League MVP. So, lame. For, for, from the Philadelphia A's. Lame. <laughs> All right, and then, uh, but also here's uh, 1942. Ted Williams, he won the American League Triple Crown, where. He had a 356 average, 36 home runs, and 137 RBIs, but Jeez. lost to New York Yankee pitch, pitcher Joe Gordon. Yeah, there we go. Beat those Red Sox. <laughs> That's disrespectful, especially to Ted Williams. Come on. I know. That really is. <laughs> As, uh, I love all right, so here's an interesting one. In 1953, MLB Rules Committee restores the sacrifice fly rule, eliminated that in 1939. Rule says sacrifice fly is not charged as a time at bat. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I never really thought of that as, like, sacrifice fly being eliminated, but maybe it's just, you know, MLB statistics changing every year. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, on this day, 1964, Philadelphia voters narrowly approved $25 million to build a new multi-purpose stadium that would become Veterans Stadium, home to the Phillies and the Eagles. That lasted till what, 2002, 2003 or something like that? Pretty much the early 2000s. And also, Another Citizens Bank Park. you know, that place actually had an actual jail in it. <laughs> Didn't really. I think it did, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you look that's at the, where they kept all the uh, Philadelphia crazies. Yeah, that's that's where all the people went when when they were fighting. And then uh, on this day, 1965, Sandy Koufax was named Cy Young for the National League, and it was for the third time in his career with uh, 173 ERA and and he had a record 382 strikeouts. Man, Ow. Sandy Koufax, I'm gonna pitcher. My grandfather actually met him, by the way, Sandy Koufax. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, to go forward ahead, New York Jets kicker Jim Turner lands six field goals and an extra point to beat the Buffalo Bills 25-21. to Again, six field goals. I'll take it. It's a win. <laughs> All right, let's see. Moving forward far ahead. Uh, Let's see. 1987, Oakland A's Mark McGuire wins American League Rookie of the Year. 49 home runs, 118 RBIs. Second to win an AL award unanimously. First uh, player to do it was Carlton Fisk. Hmm. And then uh, next was in 1989, Lou Pinella is named manager of the Cincinnati Reds, replacing Pete Rose, banned for life for gambling on MLB <laughs> games. Yeah, he'll never be in the MLB Hall of Fame. Yeah, definitely not. But then now in 1989, NBA expansion Minnesota Timberwolves make their debut as they ended up losing 106 to 94 against the now defunct Supersonics in Seattle. So again, one team made it, okay. and another doesn't exist anymore. At least for. Aww. For, for the time, 
for the time being, yes, for the time being. And uh, 1993, Greg Maddox becomes the first pitcher since Sandy Koufax to win a National League Cy Young Award in successive MLB seasons. And the first one to do it also with different teams. In 92, he won it with the Cubs. And in 93, won it with the Atlanta Braves. I didn't know he was on the, uh, the Cubbies. Uh, Greg Maddox, definitely a great pitcher. Yep. I only remember him from the Braves. I don't remember him from the Cubs. All right, so in 1994, Glenn Robinson signs the most lucrative rookie contract in the NBA. Ten years, $68 million with the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. Ooh. All right, and then let's see if there's any more. Uh, let's see. Uh, 1996, Los Angeles Lakers superstar Kobe Bryant becomes the then youngest player to make an NBA debut in a 91-85 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Great Western Forum. Oh, yeah, the Forum before it was the Staples Center, and now it's something stupid. It'll always be the Staples Center. Well, it's Crypto.com, I believe. It's stupid. That's what it is. <laughs> Oh, and speaking of which, uh, also, strangely enough, on the same day, 1999, the Lakers debut in the Staples Center. As, uh, hey, look at that. <laughs> uh, on the same day that Kobe started in his uh, rookie year. And then also on the same day, they uh, ended up defeating the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yes, Vancouver Grizzlies. And then uh, Magic Johnson and Chick Hearn co-host ceremony unveiling Lakers retired jerseys and championship banners in the new building. Okay. And let's see if there's uh, any more. Uh, Navy beat Notre Dame in triple overtime as uh, the ending the Fighting Irish's football streak against the midshipmen at 43 games. The last Navy win over Notre Dame uh, before that was in 1963. Jeez. <laughs> And then uh, uh, here's one that Philly fans will like. Uh, Nick Foles connects with Riley Cooper three times in the game where Nick Foles threw seven touchdown passes in a 49-20 to victory over the then Oakland Raiders where Foles ended up throwing for over 406 yards. I mean, that was a crazy game to see that happen. And, and no picks, right? Uh, I believe that it doesn't mention any interceptions, but obviously that was like Nick Foles' best game of his career. Yep. I mean, besides Super Bowl, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, the Philly special. <laughs> but that's yeah. it. I mean, there was a lot of facts there, so I was glad to read all those. But, yes, that was On yeah. This Day Sports History, and those facts were uh, provided by OnThisDay.com. All right, and I got the uh, the quote of the day. And this I found on Inst- or, uh, social media. I thought it was pretty interesting. Wow, what a catch, by the way, by Pena. Um, The part right before the level up will be excruciating. You will probably lose close to everything alongside your sanity and will to live. But your validation to keep going should rest in the fact this is is to prepare you for what is coming next. Hang on with everything you have because feeling so low means you can only go up. So sometimes when we're about to get to that next point, we're, we're going to feel like we're very low. Um, and it, like I said, the quote is the part right before the level up will be excruciating. You will probably lose close to everything alongside your sanity and will to live. But your validation to keep going should should rest in the fact this is to prepare you for what is coming next. Hang on with everything you have, because feeling so low means you can only go up. And that is uh, from 
Samira Vest. Don't I have no idea who that is, but I thought that was a really good quote. No, that that's very um, good, Eric. Very good. Yeah. So you can only go up. Remember, if you're feeling low, you, that means you're due for uh, the the mountain climb because you're you're getting ready for it. Um, so yeah, this has been episode eight of the Midday Man of Sports podcast. Uh, we were able to talk about our predictions. We I think I'm getting the World Series victory because I won. Uh, we redid our <laughs> we redid our NFL predictions for now. We'll have another one. Bef- I think probably like early December we'll be able to change it up one last time before the playoffs happen. Um, and then yeah, but, and then we give our Mad Five picks for Week Nine. So uh, yeah, this has been a fun episode. Thank you for listening. Think uh, find us on Facebook wherever you are. By the way, you can also check out. I was featured on another podcast over the week. Uh, Authentically, us. It is a group of guys that just feel like. Everyone has a story, and they they talk about a lot of social issues mainly, and I have had my experience in the foster care system. So take a listen. It's with Conroy Smith and uh, Tony Morton. I know Tony very well from my university, and he's a really good guy. And take a listen to that. If you ever wanted to know what my story was, definitely take a listen to that and know a little bit about the uh, foster care system itself. But – that is going to do it for us at the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. Thank you again for listening. Take a listen wherever you go. Take us wherever you are. And um, for Noah Pegler, Eric Miller signing off. Right now it's still tied, tied, tied one game, uh, one to one in the World Series. But until next time. 